Hi, this is Billy Campbell, and I'm doing a new show this season on Sci-Fi Network called Helix, and this is the TV Times 3 podcast. We sit glued to the TV set all night, and every night, why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV. Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 199. On this episode, as we drive through Vermont, we've got some news. We'll be talking about uh, the set visits that we're returning from for Sci-Fi's Being Human and Helix. And then we'll be uh, discussing the Dexter and Breaking Bad finales and the season 6 premiere of The Mentalist. And also the second episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Plus we've got some TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 199. I'm Jason the TVholic from tvholic.com and this week I have joining me... Keith McDuffie from clickclack.com Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net Thank you uh, both for... uh, Giving me a ride <laughs> so that I could uh, take the least expensive way to get to Montreal from Seattle. My pleasure. Since there is no good way to get to Montreal from Seattle. Uh, before we get into the news, uh, just one quick announcement again about uh, as you can tell by this episode being 199 the next episode will be episode 200 and uh thanks to thanks to all of you that have uh, sent in some uh questions and topic ideas and stuff like that but we can still use some more so if you've got any anything you'd like to let us know for the 200th episode send us an email at feedback at tvtimes3.com or uh any one of the uh social media twitter Facebook at TV Times 3 and uh, should I should I tell them that one person actually did leave a voicemail so right now it's <laughs> a very very good shot that they're going to win the DVD unless somebody else comes along and challenges the one voicemail 50-50 shot it, you, know, the you know yeah, that's right yours to lose. What if the guy calls again? <laughs> Two shots. <laughs> you've got you've got a 50-50 shot of winning it yourself. All right. So with that, we'll go. We'll jump into the news. And uh, a bunch of stuff has been talked about or released from the networks uh, in the last uh, in the last week uh, Lucky 7 got to be the lucky number one show <laughs> cancelled in this fall uh, and also ABC has also uh, renewed their show Motive uh, for a second season and then uh, Fox has renewed Sleepy Hollow for a second season and The Simpsons for a 26th season, which is amazing, and it still does pretty well. Like, I'm still <laughs> enjoying it. I think uh, didn't they? I think I saw a news item saying that they were looking at possibly ending it. 
in the near future. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's just one of those. That sounds like a weird one. It's like what, 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 What's what year? Here? Like once you you've got to twenty five, like what are you gonna go to what? Some weird number like twenty eight or something or. They already took away my Futurama. They can't take away my Simpsons. <laughs> and uh, NBC has canceled Camp, and they also have picked up the blacklist for a full season. So that's going to get 22 episodes. Uh, FX dropped out the old uh, good news, bad news for Wilfred fans. Good news, you're getting another season. Bad news, it's going to be the last one. I can mean good news, though. Yeah. As long as they wrap it up. Yeah. yeah and, especially uh, how they ended the last season. I definitely want them to give it a real ending and not end on a cliffhanger. And then the, the last thing on the news is uh, USA Network uh, has renewed Covert Affairs uh, for a fifth season, which uh, the fourth season is still comes back in a couple weeks, or actually in a... Well, I guess it's just still a couple weeks and finish out its fourth season, but it's going to be back for a fifth. I think uh, I think of those totally understandable that Lucky Seven is the first one out with the ratings it was getting, uh, and Sleepy Hollow getting picked up for a second season with the ratings that it's doing for for Fox on a Monday night, and. Uh, I like the blacklist, so I'm glad it's going to be at least around for a full season. That's not one I want. I, I'm happy about the blacklist and for uh, Sleepy Hollow. I'm a little upset with Lucky Seven. I mean, I didn't think it. I didn't, definitely didn't think it was the worst show of the year. I don't think any show should be canceled after two episodes. I don't care how bad the ratings are. To me, that's still not good enough, like, to know what the audience is. I mean, you're not even really giving it time after two episodes. Um, and then Camp, also, I enjoyed that first season, so I'm sad to see that go. I thought it was, like, a perfect summer series, so I'm surprised they didn't just bring it back for the summer. Yeah, yeah, given what, you know, given what ratings you need to get renewed on, like, ABC for, like, Mistresses and and uh, they did bring back their the other show though, didn't they? There was something else they. There was some Camp, other summer Camp show that NBC. got picked up. Camp was NBC. Yeah, but there was some other show that got picked up. I think that was like a summer. Well, overall, ABC basically picked up every scripted show that they had this summer. Well, uh, I found the motive thing weird because that's another one where it was already renewed in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, do we just air it here or yeah, not? We've, well, we've agreed to put some money into buying the rights to air the episodes here because it did well enough alright that's enough about the news and uh, next up is the uh, Sci-Fi Digital Press Tour 2013 which is why we're all in this car right now (laughs) heading back from Montreal which is where they film uh, Being Human uh that's right. Montreal is what takes is what tries to uh, be Boston, and uh, a new show called uh, Helix that both of them will start uh, in early 2014. 
and uh, Helix set in uh, set in the Antarctic, and also filmed in Montreal. <laughs> so, Is it the Antarctic or the Arctic? Arctic. The Arctic. Yeah. Arctic. Okay. Arctic. Either way, cold. <laughs> this is supposed to be set in the cold. Cold snow. So taking place inside. So, uh, so Kyle, what did you think of uh, this year's set tours? I really enjoyed it. I mean, for being human, we only got to see the main house sets. We didn't see any of the the hospital or any of that. But um, it was nice to see the the house. It was re, it was redecorated, I guess, for something that's going on this season. Like it was all decorated in like some. Like, I don't know if it was, like, 60s or some weird style, but they said it had something to do with the, the plot. Um, so, but we still got to see the house. It was nice to see how it all, like, flows together. Like, every room flows into the next, so they can easily, like, just film the whole thing. Um, the panel itself with the with the cast, the Q&A with the cast, that cast is always hilarious when they're together, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then for Helix, I thought that was another, uh, like, that sounds really, really interesting. I thought the sets were really great. Like, I like, they have, like, the, the, almost like the Star Trek kind of sliding doors and doors that activate when you, when you walk up. So it was all, like, futuristic, but also stark and set in, like, uh, a, like, this clean room and then this, uh, this CDC hospital type of thing. So I, I think that show looks like it's going to be really interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. How about you, Keith? Yeah, I was, <clears throat> the only other time I went to uh, one of these sci-fi things was the first one they did with Battlestar. That's where I met you, I think. That's the first yeah, that's, I that's where we met on that set tour. Yeah, um, and I felt like this was... Uh, I don't know, I felt like we got to see more stuff. They, they seemed to trust us a lot more with, like, walking around and just, like, touching things and yeah. props and stuff. Uh, Touch the monkey. Some of the, some of the pictures <laughs> you'll see that we post and stuff, yeah, there's, like, these this, these rubber, I don't know, they can silicone? Yeah, like I said, there's silicone. And there's a hand that was, everyone was passing around. It was, it was creepily realistic looking. And, 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 yeah, just a point where, like, you almost didn't want to grab pick it up and the monkey too everyone was like you know touch, yeah, guys telling us to touch the monkey you have to touch this monkey you're going to regret it if you don't uh, but it was really I guess it's going to be part of uh, you know it's like a bald monkey and yeah. probably gonna I'm not sure that it's not the other way around that you regret it if you did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it had like these little ports in the back to make it move so it's going to actually not just be like a statue it's actually going to be like a puppet um I thought it was cool that you got you got to get a picture, of Jason, uh, uh, laying on the floor where Sally falls on the stairs and stuff. So doing like, my best Sally uh, impersonation. Yeah. Um, and and then yeah, nobody so, and then nobody cared. <laughs> that I was laying on the steps. <laughs> uh, I liked. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with Helix and. Uh, there was one set uh, that was really neat. Uh, it was literally cool because it was, uh, they called it the freezer. And we went in there and you can actually see your breath. It was cold, that cold in there. And they had the fake snow. And uh, we got to get our picture taken out on like the fake set with a big green screen. It'll no doubt show like the big storm going on outside. Um, but I thought that those sets for that were pretty impressive, uh, especially the office that we got to see. I forget the name of the character. These, the, the guy who's the leader, the Asian, um, 
Yeah, the, sort of the, it's like his facility that he, yeah. he created. Yep. And I didn't know it would be when it was filmed in Montreal until the set visit. Well, until they invite us. I thought, oh, they moved it to Montreal. I thought maybe they filmed it in Vancouver. But, um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. It was good. They really crammed it in. They got us up at the crack of dawn at 7 in the morning, and we just went all day, like, just cranked through it all. So it was really, I thought it was really well run. What about you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite impressive. It's always fun to, to go visit a set for a show that you actually watch and like, like being human. And so that, that was fun to see some of the, you know, some of the, the things that you see on, on TV, like the house and stuff like that. And But then also seeing how interesting it is always to me, the fake parts of it, you know, where you can, like the entrance and everything, there's no giant porch and steps outside the front, it's just this opening that you walk in, but it, once you walk in, you feel like, you, as long as you don't look up, you know, because there's a lot of, not a lot of roofing on, on very many of the set pieces, but when you're walking around, it's like you're walking around in the house, into the kitchen and dining room area, and, and then they had the separate section the upstairs with all the different bedrooms and and stuff and all the different ways that they could you know set up the cameras and film things for that stuff I always find that stuff really interesting to to see some of the you know sort of the behind the scenes magic uh, the presentation on how they do some of the special effects was actually pretty cool of how they go from the you know the real life makeup effects to transitioning into, you know, the CGI wolf and stuff like that, that was, uh, yeah, that was neat. that was pretty interesting to see the different, they broke it out into the different layers that they create and stuff like that for some of the special effects, that was, that was pretty cool, and, uh, and then like Kyle said, anytime you can sit for a half an hour and <laughs> you, you only, you only need to ask like a couple of questions and that cast will pretty much just play off of the, each other for the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And, uh, so yeah, like a half an hour or so of them just, of, of answering our questions, but really, they are genuinely funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> then they'll answer your question, too. It's yeah. Not like <laughs> yeah. Some, some, some cast you talk to, and they'll just joke on and on and on, and then they'll never get to your answer. <laughs> never answer the, actually answer the question. But yeah, they, they usually end up answering the question, but it's also highly entertaining, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And then Helix being this show set in this, you know, science lab where there's some sort of outbreak, and the CDC has to come in to try and help determine what it is, but they're all this, you know, large cast of people is basically stuck in this partially underground, uh, you know, lab of all these things. What I liked is similar to things like Battlestar Galactica and some of the other things, even though this is a new show, the set pieces were all very elaborate. There wasn't any they didn't seem to cut any corners on anything there. Everything looked pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. And, uh, 
camera and uh, but going into it basically didn't know anything other than you know the paragraph that they have on the sci-fi website that says like the general description of what the show is and uh, but after seeing uh, that and listening to the cast and uh, and the guy that you know is writing the show uh, it all sounds really interesting and I'm like now really looking forward to getting a chance to check it out once it shows up in uh, early 2014 you were talking about not go- knowing anything going into it. Like, the first part of the tour they took us on for Helix was they brought us through, like, the corridors of this of this building, and they just have, like, two main corridors that they'll reuse for every shot, one that's, like, a straight corridor and one that's this curved corridor. But they were telling us, like, look above you, and, like, there's this, this vent, no, remember this vent, and, like, they're talking about the series, how it's this thriller and it's going to scare people a bit. And so I'm. Ex- they're telling us there's going to be a few surprises on this tour. So the whole time I'm expecting them to just like do stuff to try to scare us on the tour. It never happened, but I was like tense walking down these hallways, and then we walked into some lab area, and you could see like through the lab to a, an adjoining lab where there was like this body on a um, on like a medical bed, and some guy in a hazmat suit like attending, like using some like holographic DNA thing in the middle of the room and uh, and attending to this body so they're like oh well, you can go up close to the window and the whole time I'm expecting like one of these like horror movie like a blood corpse comes up on the on the window. it never happened but I was so tense like going through that set waiting for them to do something I think uh, you weren't the only one it was that woman who was doing the, the gloves she's like alright what's the catch is a snake gonna jump out I'm like why is everyone thinking these guys are gonna like because they made us, us paranoid well well, because they kept telling us there's gonna be lots of surprises this set tour I mean one of the surprises we got which might have been the only surprise was we got to see the first eight minutes of the new season of Being Human which was really good I mean they set up a, some really some new dynamics and some interesting stuff but uh, but that was like we didn't know that was going to be the only surprise. Like they're just like <laughs> making us on a like wonder what's what's going to happen. Pretty sure it's going to be that monkey running around the in events. Yeah, that's, gotta, that's my guess. Yeah. Well, uh, Michelle, I think was actually referencing a previous uh, sci-fi event where they did a they did a panel for a Total Blackout. Oh god! But before. But before they they did the panel uh, with the you know the host and stuff, they actually had three of the people that were attending volunteer to go into the black room and put their hands in. And Michelle was one of them. And one of the things that was in one of the containers was a snake. So that was that was like a recall back to when they were, you 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 could see you know what she's doing, but she couldn't see it and. But you had to try and guess what you were feeling in this fish tank, and it was a snake. But uh, like Keith was saying, we, we got to see a lot of these props and touch a lot of these props. And one of the things they had outside of the, the Being Human panel was they had the full-size Megan Rath, like, dead body with all, like, the 
the skin that's been rotting away and it was just so creepy when you walked up you were expecting that it was really her there and all of a sudden she kind of like lift her arm and like grab you and and another, like the whole the whole thing had you tense because it was it was you scare easy you know, you know, and everything. <laughs> you know that 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 thing looked so real i was i put my face like right up i was like yeah, that, that, it looked you could not look real more and, real and life size yeah. you know and i really did think maybe she was really laying there yeah, right? this is a giant practical joke they were playing i did on. wonder i was like maybe it is because that's how real it looked yeah i mean that was pretty impressive and and if you're wondering how they did the scenes last year where she was in the room with her rotting corpse the rotting corpse was fake <laughs> it was but it looked really real just a you know a giant silicone I mean they had to have done you know a full you know face cast and everything to put on to to get that detail to look so much like her that uh, I mean they've done a lot of casting work on that show for well there's a few heads there too there's <laughs> one of them that I forget the name of the character he's that the other werewolf guy it was his head his eyes are like looking to the side and it was, that one looked really real yeah those those were pretty impressive with the you know and the, the attention to detail with all the the hair and the way they do stuff so that when the head goes rolling along on the show it looks it looks real but it's really silicone and and uh, it's been where they've taken a real cast of the person's face but then created a, you know, a silicone instead of just a mask they've created the full head and uh, yeah a lot of that stuff was pretty was pretty impressive That's, uh, they said they put each hair in individually and some of these <laughs> and some of these had beards you know so they had yeah, to do those that's a that, and, that's the type of thing where you're going, that's a lot of work for what's going to be a quick shot that's not going to last, you know, it's not going to be on screen very long. But yet, comes off looking pretty good because of whatever does show up on screen is they have taken uh, a lot of te- attention to detail for these things. I wonder if I was one of those actors if I'd want, like, after the show is over, can I have my head? <laughs> you're Megan Rath and you want your rotting corpse for your house? <laughs> Uh, invite people over and just sit in a chair like Psycho and just see what people do when they come in. She hasn't moved. <laughs> yeah, that... That's that's the type of thing, though, uh, Kyle will probably have uh, nightmares about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rotting Sally corpse coming after him. And, uh, but overall, you know, a good time, uh, and uh, I think worth the trip. Yeah, and yep. we didn't mention it. We got, we got to have dinner with <coughs> yeah, that's right. Cast of uh, different shows. Yeah, the yeah, that's right. The night before uh, the set visits, we had a, a dinner where some of the cast of uh, Haven and uh, and Defiance were uh, were in attendance, which. Uh, turned out to be pretty good for me. I sat across from Lucas Bryan. We just basically chatted throughout this, what might be the longest dinner I've ever had in my life. It was like a, a five-course dinner or four-course dinner or whatever 
but where every course came about like every half hour movie, there was like a half and hour between courses. And wine that just like never stopped flowing. <laughs> in the oddest looking restaurant in the world with like a whale bone. A whale, a whale tailbone. Yeah, whale tailbone in the lobby and then these two moose with the no heads like sewn together at the necks. It was like, yeah. And like le- uh, legs on the walls. It was just very odd. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird spot, but a fun night uh, overall, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I think start to finish, it was a, uh, it was a good time, and uh, we've all got lots of pictures and stuff like that that'll be showing up at all our sites over the next uh, few days and months, since some of it is embargoed until <laughs> a future date, which is probably much closer to when uh, the show is like Helix is going to actually show be you know start playing because uh, I mean they're doing a really good job of not letting too much out about the show well, that was like the best thing when we were going through the the Helix sets people would notice like these small details like in one thing someone noticed some like red stuff on the ground in the in that freezer area <laughs> and they're like is that frozen blood on the ground and then like you could see them smile because like they didn't think anyone would notice or figure it out they're like it could be and like everything like that they, <laughs> they wouldn't give an answer <laughs> but they were shocked at some of the things people were figuring out based on uh little tiny details that they saw yeah so there yeah there's likely something that happens that causes some blood spillage outside <laughs> in the snow well, there's one part of the set where it was all just vents, and you can tell that they're going to film people probably crawling through these vents. Or the, or, or the hairless monkey. <laughs> yeah, or the <laughs> or, or something, yeah, but, but also created in such a way where not a lot of vents, but they could make it and put it in all different types of fashion, so it could be like you were crawling through just like, you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet of, of vents throughout this building. What I didn't realize is that this building's, like, on the show, it's supposed to be, like, over 100 people in it. It's not just, like, this small team of scientists, like, in the thing. It's, like, a, almost like Battlestar Galactica, right? You got all the main players, but then there's, like, all these random people running around, or they just showed us the quarantine area where people would be laying in beds and they need some red shirts around to uh, yeah <laughs> although they, they did tell us like that the the series is going to be 13 episodes and each episode takes place over the course of a day so it's going to and it's all going to be like a self-contained story uh, so it's going to go just under two weeks the whole thing's going to happen and 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 come to some ending which is nice I, I and then if they do a second season, they'll figure out how to continue on. But He said that they're going <clears> to <throat> set it up in this season. Yeah. It will be a setup toward the end. Um, and then he told me something else that I, he said off the record, so I won't say it. But, <laughs> um, about that. But yeah, overall, very interesting <coughs> to go in and hear about a show and, and see what they've put behind... You know, in multiple set places, it was like one studio with two giant buildings with all types of set pieces, and then a whole nother, basically, it had taken over, like, a defunct, like, research <laughs> science lab. 
and turned it into their uh, set piece for, you know, using some of the stuff that was already there to, uh, to create, you know, it created an interesting atmosphere of, and made the building itself seem a little creepy just walking around through parts of it. Well, at least for Kyle. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't the only one. But yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty good. But yeah, keep an eye out on uh, you know all our various sites for uh, for more about that, and you know probably uh, go back and post some links to some of that stuff in the show notes at uh, tptimes3.com/slash/one ninety nine. And uh, we'll move on to the prime time segment. And uh, uh, I think we'll go. <coughs> first is worst to <laughs> and then move on from there uh, first show up jumping back a couple weeks to uh, the Dexter series finale uh, season 8 uh, episode 12 uh, remember the monsters and uh, yeah not a not 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 great but before we get to the the actual finale Keith what did you think of you know sort of the final season Bef- you know, before the finale, some of the story <clears throat> elements that they had in that. It was pretty awful. <laughs> it's like, um, I, you know, I wrote about this too, and I thought it was really, really strangely put together. They in- introduced characters that they didn't do anything with. They brought in Masuka's, like, kind of daughter, and you're thinking, okay, you know, usually they bring in a new character, it's going to be significant, and it was just didn't make any sense. Yeah, that was like total uh, time filler. Like, yeah. like we we still need to make these episodes run like 55 minutes, so we need to, but we don't have that much story, so. <clears throat> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's because they're commercial free and it's not like, I mean, I think one of the things I had said was that, is it because Breaking Bad was on at the same time, I'm comparing the, the how the pace of Breaking Bad's final season to Dexter's, and I was like, why aren't you doing this? It's it's your final your, your your final season. You're you're introducing new characters. What are you doing? And I think people thought that maybe they're gearing up towards spinoff and they got to bring these characters into it somehow. But it's still it's like I don't want to see her <laughs> in the spinoff. So uh, and then they brought in a new uh, uh, the person who took the job from Quinn. That woman. I think she's been on the show though. Is, is a background character, but I thought that was going to be significant. and It wasn't. Uh, they pretty much just forgot about the Guerta uh, getting killed. It was just kind of, you know, oh, well, she's gone. And then they just moved on. Whereas when Dokes left, you know, Dokes was the big asshole on the, <laughs> the show. And everyone was mourning him for, for years. So, um, And then it just petered out. There was, there was people were posting spoilers that were pretty pretty accurate until the until up to the uh, final season, final episode, and I was reading them, and I said, man, this is just not, it's just getting worse, it just, just didn't seem to go anywhere, and I was kind of hoping that I'd, I'd hear that the writers just, like, were frustrated, or maybe they admit that they just couldn't do it right, but, uh, no, they seem to be sticking, saying, like, nope, this is the way we wanted it to end, we all along, we wanted him to be, you know, sitting by himself, sitting at a table, and, uh, I, it was just, really strange went against everything that he, they had been building up toward they had been building up to him you know having a family and being normalized and yet uh, they just took that away and just made him this isolated lumberjack 
Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I mean, the people were posting pictures of that last that last moment with him sitting at a table, and it's like, here's a better ending, and showed him like holding up a new slide, like looking at it. Uh, I did one where I had Harry with his arm around him, like his, his arm was like around him, like Harry's back. He's gonna because you know, he's back at it again. Um, and then there was like last season the season before they introduced that whole like Deb um, Deb's in love with him thing and that first of all was really weird and kind of creepy his sister was like oh I, I'm in love with Dexter and then they just they just cut that just like severed it without like, really no explanation which was fine I didn't want to see it go anywhere but, <laughs> but it was still like why did you bring that in at all like who thought of that and I would actually like to know like where did they say like yeah that was a bad idea like just gonna like make her make them forget about it. Now we'll, we'll drive them. Like we'll make her grab the wheel and drive off into the water. So, who, which one you watch it, Kyle? Yeah, right. I, I. The only good thing about the last season being so awful was that you didn't really expect much of the finale, <laughs> and you weren't disappointed in that respect <laughs> because you knew it wasn't gonna be good. Like, the whole thing was just, like you said, with Breaking Bad on at the same time where every episode was perfectly measured and everything was moving everything forward, the Dexter was just all over the place and it was just a mess throughout the entire season. Even the season before that wasn't all that great. And it was just, you know, just a major disappointment all, all around. It just wasn't satisfying and it didn't stay true. Like, I wanted to see... Deb have to kill Dexter in the end and do something like that and then like there was no reason to kill her off like to yeah. me that just ruined it to be, uh, from the start and then he dumped her her body yeah. where he drops <laughs> all his victims yeah. why did he do that what uh, and somehow no one sees him first of all he can somehow pull up to a dock <laughs> at the at the hospital <laughs> and then he can bring a body out I, I don't care if there's a storm going on someone will notice you Pushing a gurney with a body out then, of the hospital and then, and, carrying it, shirt. and then carrying it down the dock. Yes, and then and might be going. Uh, excuse me, where are you going? Because there's a sheet over it too. Yeah. Like, what, what are you carrying a bag, a bag of laundry? <laughs> no, it's a body. Like just the whole thing. It was just just a disappointment. You think back to like those early seasons that were so good, like the first and second seasons, and even like the fourth season was really good, and then it just deteriorated, and they shouldn't have even, they should have just done one last season last year instead of trying to extend it out to this extra last season. Yeah, and I didn't even buy the whole uh, Hannah thing, I mean, that's how I think Dexter left his son with another serial killer. It's like, oh, I, I'm a, I'm a threat to them. I better stay away. It's like, how about she poisons people? You know, it was just really bizarre. And then the whole thing with the, the brain surgeon, like uh, the, the whole thing with Vogel and the brain surgeon, it was just like made no difference in the end at all. Like it just was like, yeah, that, that that was a, that was a storyline when they introduced the, the doctor and the you know the twist at the beginning that she knew about Dexter because she helped. I thought that was an interesting bit of storytelling of, like, going back and adding in a story from before the series started, you know, to, uh, you know, something that even Dexter didn't know about. I thought that was an interesting idea, and it's, but it, like you said, it didn't really go anywhere because ultimately it ended up with her dead 
at who turned out to be her son, you know, at the hands of who turned out to be her son, who was the brain surgeon, and then there was no big, like, thing between Dexter and him. Like, he finally caught him, and then that was the thing is they gave him the, okay, Dexter has changed. He's not going to kill this guy. And and so there you thought Dexter had changed and stuff like that. But no, somebody else had to screw something up, and, and Deb ends up getting shot. And, and then that guy decides that he still needs to get to the hospital to make sure Deb is is dead or whatever and you don't even get another showdown you just they see each other across the hall and then the cops show up and take him away and that was that was that was you know it and then and then they come back and they try and do something where you know Dexter takes him out in a totally bizarre I've I've quit. I'm technically still on the job, so that's why I went in there. You know, I was about to leave today because I quit, but now that, you know, this guy killed my sister. And then they say, okay, go on your way. You can leave the country now. (laughs) You're all right. They let him leave the country. That was another thing that bothered me. Like, they should have had his his co-workers find out the truth about Dexter. Like, all of this should have all been revealed. He should have died in the end, but they wanted to do whatever spinoff that they're planning could even be Dexter again. Who knows what they're planning. Well, it it almost would have worked better even if based on all the stuff that had happened, he had driven off on his boat, you know, into the storm and died. Like, if he actually decided that all the people close to me, you know, because of me end up dying... Uh, you know that you know his dad had committed suicide. His his sister ended up, uh, you know, getting shot and and dying based on uh, you know after he had made the decision not to kill somebody. You know, which it was sort of a, a a bizarre twist to the to the whole thing. And that and that if the growth that the character you thought was having this last season, you know, or over the last couple seasons or so. If that had turned out to be, yeah, I, I, I'm going to kill myself because everybody close to me, not I'm going to fake my death and become a lumberjack in Alaska or wherever he is, and uh, just so we can have the, the ending where he breaks the fourth wall and stares directly into the camera and it fades to black, which was the just one of the most bizarre endings to a show I've ever seen that sort of just came out of nowhere but if it would have ended like a minute earlier overall I think it would have got it it wouldn't have been seen as great but it wouldn't have gotten nearly the backlash that it had I don't think yeah I don't think that's right yeah that that last uh, that last little bit was was like It was like the cherry on top of the crappy sundae. Yeah, it's, like, it's like they know, they're like, we know this is a bad ending. What can we do to make it the most talked about bad ending? How about a lumberjack? <laughs> yeah. Or even if that was the idea that they had of him sitting alone, you know, at a table or this, this sort of feeling or whatever, did they always envision him being, have gone away to 
Alaska or Canada or something like that to become a lumberjack and that's what it was going to be or, or could there have been even other ideas that it could have been they could have had him locked up in a cell alone somewhere <laughs> like that would have been better there's a whole slew of ideas that uh, sound yeah. so much better um, I, and they're I, stupid I like too the of, <laughs> yeah, I like better. the one of like not making you know Miami Metro look like the dumbest people <laughs> on the planet but never known to this guy I think uh, someone said, you know, uh, I said Matthews. I thought Matthews should have always known, and he just, like, kept it under his under his hat because, you know, he knew he knew Harry so well that uh, he's like, I knew. I knew Dexter was killing people. I loved it. <laughs> he's doing good. He was taking out all the bad yeah. people. He was taking out the trash. Oh, Quinn, too, about driving up, and he's like, Dexter, I know what you're doing. Uh, you're following him, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just like you. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, with the perfect timing after he had just dropped the body behind yeah, <laughs> where it can't be seen. Someone, someone's fake uh, finale recap had where Quinn says, "Now I know all about you," and like just reveals <laughs> it. It's like I've been hiding it, and so he knew too. But you think about—I don't remember what season it was. What season was it where, De- where Quinn was really like suspicious of him, and then Dexter like basically well, pretty much from the start when they. When they added that character in after they got rid of, you know, after they had to get rid of Dokes because they put themselves in a position where you had to, you know, they gave Dexter the out by having somebody else kill Dokes for him so that he could get out of the that but not have broke his code. And, uh, but they brought him, you know, they brought that character on and he was always kind of suspicious, maybe not quite as much as Dokes was. Because Dokes was always the guy that just thought Dexter didn't couldn't figure out why everybody thought Dexter was so great. He's like, there's something wrong with this guy. And uh, but yeah, Quinn seemed to in the beginning like think there was you know something up with him, but then over time that just like went away. Like he did something for uh, Dexter did something for him where he's like, I owe you one, and it was kind of like basically yeah. saying like, I know you. Or something's up with you, but I'm just not gonna but look over. I'm not really gonna to pay attention anymore. to it anymore. It's, it's all good, thanks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It just was. Uh, all in all, I was. I was hoping for much better the way the season started. I was actually, you know, kind of into some of the story elements, and then they added, like you said, the Masuka's daughter. That just, it was completely for completely and totally to have like like maybe it was in his contract that he had to have like so many scenes in the final season or something like that so they had to give him some sort of storyline but they didn't have any ideas of how to work him into an actual case or something uh, and and all, all in all that was creepy too I mean they found the right actress to play <laughs> to play like this weird version of his daughter uh, but they need a reason to put boobs in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, boobs that the one character that always wants to see boobs didn't want to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was yeah that was another that was like an odd thing about the role. I was like, yeah, we needed to come on for a, a just a few just a few scenes over this final season. One of them's topless. <laughs> How's that sound for, for a role? Well, how about that 
the kid that they brought in for a little bit that was kind of like almost a Dexter knockoff. Yeah, like, like, like he was like starting to teach him. I thought, oh, this is where they're Maybe going. I thought, gonna, I thought that sounded spin good. Off. Yeah, it sounded. It was, it was. It was funny. He was like. It was actually you know, some of those were the best scenes. Remember, he's like, "Are we there yet?" He's in the back, and it was like a little family. And then, and the, 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 and the weirdest they, thing was then, all right, they they framed him. The guy who was a real brain surgeon framed him, but then killed him the next day. It's like, <laughs> what did you? What? Why did you frame him and then kill him? It's that was, I didn't understand that. Yeah, there was a lot to not quite understand in in the in the Dexter. Uh, in the Dexter series finale, but uh, on to uh, on to better things. Although I don't watch or haven't haven't watched uh, a show that I don't know. I never got into it right at the at the beginning, and by the time I started hearing everybody talking about how good it had gotten, it was already like too far behind, and I just never got a chance to to catch up. But uh, both of you watched, you know, all of the. Uh, all the seasons of Breaking Bad. How did you think? How do you think the the finale was as a as a finale for a show that you know, from all accounts, seemed to have been firing on all cylinders in its final season? I personally thought it was excellent. Like some people were complaining that it was a little too neat, but I would take neat over open ended <laughs> any day. Like I loved that. They actually went through and thought about everything, made sure they wrapped up every storyline they could possibly think of, answer any questions that they had raised, like, way back from the beginning of the show, and tried to make sure every I was dotted and T was crossed. I thought it was really great, the way they did that. I mean, I think really the best episode of the series was, like, three episodes before with Ozymandias, but then, like, they, they used the final two episodes to really wrap things up and and finish things up. But, I mean, while the ending, the very ending, I, I think I would have preferred to see it end a slightly different way. I think it was still satisfying, and it gave you, like, at least the right characters lived and died um, and had their, their, their ending that they, they, they deserved by based on what they did throughout the, the series. But, I mean, overall, I, I thought it was one of the better end, better series finales that I've seen. And, like, just the whole show in general, like, I think it set such a high bar, it's going to be tough to find another series of that quality for a while. Yeah, I thought it was a really good finale. Um, I have, I mean, I think the one big reservation that I had about it and, I, and it doesn't bother me but I just I, I guess I kind of disagree with this Jesse's ending he do you care if I say anything about no, this Jason? go ahead no? okay uh, Jesse I felt was way too broken to be able to just kind of drive away laughing um, he killed people he, he he had like basically who was his father figure tell him to his face that I saw your girlfriend die, and I didn't save her, and, uh, and really, like, order him killed. Up to the last second, he was saved, and, uh, and then, just, like, he goes off laughing into the night, and I was like, I think that he was way too broken to just, like, for us to assume that he's, he's okay now, and he's gonna go live, like, a nice, clean life, and, but the thing I would say is, what Kyle said is, like, that's the ending he deserved, like, he did deserve to be happy, 
but I think he was too broken to, he was beyond it, he was already beyond it before this, and then he gets chained up for, I don't know how long, months, right? Yeah. yeah. He got a beard, I mean, he was chained up, and he's, he's hallucinating that he's making a box, I mean, he was just beyond broken, and he just saw his, his I don't know if you call her his girlfriend, just get shot, I mean, and he knows that Walt poisoned the Brock, it's like, he's just gone. I feel. I felt. I think a lot of people were saying, like, I think he should have like blew up the the meth lab with all the neo Nazis and, uh, and you know gone up with that. And I was like, all right, that would have been like, you know, all right, he's gone. He got what he wanted, but he's also like, we know that he's just beyond broken, and that he could pull something like that off and not care. Like, I'll kill myself. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah to me, the the one ending I didn't. I thought wasn't enough. Was Walt. I thought he should have gone out in, like, a blaze of glory, not, like, sort of, like, a whimper by the end, like, just, like, like, slowly falling to the ground in the, in the meth lab. I, I thought, like, he really should have just blown up or got, like, cops come in and just, like, <laughs> with guns blazing and, and kill him off. A bunch of Sundance, Andy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I thought it just wasn't as climactic enough as it should have been. I mean, right before it was a, a nice scene that had a lot of a lot of that in it, but I think he should have been uh, he should have been there should have been more of a dramatic end for him. Um, it was really neat uh, like a very neat ending like you said too. I think some, someone theorized that uh, that final episode was a dream like the, from the moment he walked into the car and that and he found the keys like from that moment on everything for Walt went perfectly when we know like throughout the whole series that he's he's not a perfect guy like he bumbles and falls smacks his head on things you know like and, yeah. and yet that whole episode was like picture perfect for him everything went exactly as a plan for him without building the gun in the trunk everything it's just like and I mean just the fact that he was like Oh, I can pull right up to the house. Oh, they'll all be standing. They'll all get shot. You know, no one will duck in time. I mean, he got them all. So, uh, you think about that. It's like, yeah, it, it was pretty. It went pretty stamp smooth for him <laughs> on that last day or whatever. Yeah. You're saying people are saying like he really just died in the car. They and said then, that like, when he was in there. No, yeah. it, it was like what he pictured. Uh, it was like, he, yeah. And then he was like, the, the cops actually were coming on to like. He was actually there, like. The, I don't know where he was. I assume he was like in a nearby parking lot. That that the cops would actually like allow a car to be like driven out of there. You know, yeah. um, when they were in a manhunt for the most wanted man in America, and he just like can drive out of there with the cops sure, yeah. uh, all over the place. I mean, some some of the stuff I did really like was um, like some of the other stuff with like the uh, gray matter people. How he pulled back in uh, Skinny Pete and Badger to do like the fake out with the red dots and that I mean again it was all very neat and very lucky that all this stuff happened yeah. to work out the way he planned but I thought like that had a nice tense moment to it like you wonder what was really going on and then same with like they had the nice scene where you didn't realize he was in the room talking to Skylar when she was on the phone and they did their nice little camera pan to yeah. reveal that he was there do you listen to hit the podcast, the show podcast? No, I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, there's one that they do after every episode, and you should listen to the one, the finale, um, because Vince Gilligan's there talking, he talks about all the various ideas they had to end it, and one of them was like, 
uh, oh, we thought about having Walt come in like Rambo with that gun and just like, pop, 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 like just going nuts. There was another one where uh, they thought about like Jesse goes to jail and he goes and like, he goes and, like just blows away the jail like Terminator, like to rescue him out of the prison because uh, the neo Nazis are like sending someone in to go kill Jesse so he goes and saves them. There's a bunch of stuff like that. You should hear some of the ideas. And he had some really bizarre ideas. Uh, one of them was um, that at the beginning, uh, when the series was first started, he was going to initially, Jesse was going to die in that season. But he said the way he was going to have him die was he was going to have this like drug lord who was like pretty much the baddest guy that they've ever had on the show. Like all of them mixed into one guy. And Vince, I mean, uh, Walt. Uh, has them all chained up in his basement or like in a basement and uh, he's because he killed Jesse so he starts torturing the guy like uh, he puts a gun pointing at him with a string uh, and uh, he says at any moment you can go ahead and end yourself meanwhile I'm going to torture you and starts cutting off like pieces of his feet and like all, all the way up to his knees he keeps cutting away pieces of this guy and the guy never pulls the trigger. He's like, still, he's like, he keeps getting tortured more and more. And then he was going to have Walt Jr. come in, like, follow his dad, like, we'd go every day and go to this basement and see this poor guy, like, you know, barely hanging on and going, oh, my God, and goes over there and he starts, like, untying him. And, he, and the guy says, who are you? And he's like, you know, um, I'm Walt Jr., you know, Walter White Jr. And he's like, your dad's Walter White? And he's like, yeah. And then that's when he pulls the trigger and kills them both. Like, no. So he's like, they were like, are you sick? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I'm interested to see how what uh, Vince Gillian does. It sounds like his next thing's going to be a procedural for CBS or something. So I don't know how that how that's going to work. But I think the only other thing he did uh, X Files, and he also did the the Lone Gunman series. Yeah. Um, so and it was like really different than. It's, it's hard to... Uh, a lot of people saying, like, what's the new Breaking Bad? I don't think that... I think if anyone really tries to... I don't know how you can even try to be a show like that. It just kind of worked its way into what it was. Yeah, because um, Breaking Bad wasn't even Breaking Bad in its first season. I mean, it kind of morphed a little bit over the course of the series. Didn't it really change yeah, in, yeah. It really into, like, season two to becoming more like what it... That really, his, everybody started to really, you know, like about it. That was his intent all along. Vince Gillian wanted to, like, build this guy up from, you know, little chemistry teacher to a drug lord. That's what he wanted to do. And he, I think he did it perfectly. It was, like, just a just a perfect gradual transition into that. I think what helped them, too, was that was right at the writer's strike. So they were forced to end that first season at, like, seven episodes. Whereas maybe if they had continued on... Maybe it wouldn't have become the show it's become. They were forced to take that break and then figure out what to do next. So I think that helped them. But yeah, overall, like I thought this was just a really great series and a really uh, a satisfying finale. Unlike Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those shows that uh, going into next year, I'll, I'll miss that it's not coming back on. Uh, the last show I remember feeling that way about was The Shield. I thought that ended really great, and uh, I missed that when it was like the next summer or whatever. I was like, oh man, it's not coming back. <laughs> it's, it's it. It's not it's done. Yeah, well, especially with the 
the long periods of time between the, the final parts of the season for Breaking Bad, it'll be it'll be like still a couple years where you'll be thinking about it. There might there could still be more Breaking Bad the way they've been spreading it out. But I think we can move on from a, a couple of uh, series finales to a season premiere. Uh, the Mentalist, Season 6, Episode 1, uh, The Desert Rose, where they've now introduced uh, the final seven, uh, as of the end of last season, uh, Red John suspects, and uh, apparently seem to be promising that you're really going to get an answer uh, to this whole mystery that's been going on for what I would say is far too long, I think. <laughs> I think the show could have done away with this overall story and that they have created plenty of other story elements that could have, the show could have continued with and it would have still been just as good. And, uh, but Keith, what do you think of uh, <coughs> where they're at in the Red John mystery? Well, I think I was telling you this uh, last night that uh, I think the Mentalist is really good on its own. Like, uh, it's got... Just each episode stands really well on its own, but um, I, I really am interested in the Red John thing. I like those serialized, like that that carries over that mystery, and uh, I think it's fun to look at, try to guess, uh, and theorize what's going to happen. I have a feeling that it, when it's revealed, it's not going to be as wow factor or as satisfying as people are hoping that have been holding on this long. Uh, but it does sound like they're. Uh, from what Bruno Heller has been saying, uh, that they're going to wrap it up. I mean, I, I don't. He initially said though that this was a series-long arc that it was going to end with Red John, but now it sounds like he's going to wrap it up and maybe not, maybe not like end the Red John thing, but maybe all right, here he is. This is who it is, but he's going to still be on the show, and now he won't be like hidden in the shadows anymore. Like, all right, you know, now we know who it is. I know some people were really disappointed it wasn't uh, uh, Bradley Whitford, you know. It's like, it should have been him. Because I, I think a lot of people love him, so they're like, it should have been Bradley Whitford all, all this time. I, why did you not make it him? Uh, I think that was one of those, that that storyline kind of worked. And it, it, it felt sort of right. But then since they did what they did with that, when they came back, it felt like they had to go through some weird machinations to be able to get, you know, Patrick Jane back to working for the for the CBI with the, him being on trial for murder and and all and, you know in jail and it just seemed like they wrote themselves into a a bit of a corner where it had been just it would have wrapped everything up and it worked really well if they if they would have just done that. Uh, had Bradley Whitford be uh, be Red John, but yeah, I think that it's probably going to end up being you know feeling sort of anticlimactic, and and maybe the series has just already gone on longer than he ever expected it would go, or something, and and uh, but sometimes they make it feel so like a big part of the show and then it goes away for long periods of time and then comes back and they get closer and but then you know it turns out to be some other red herring or or 
you know, some other mole or some such thing. And it, after a while, that part of it, for me, is taken away from the show. While that was interesting in the beginning, and it gave Patrick Jane an interesting backstory to do what he does now, you know, as an investigator, uh, I think it's it's gone on long enough and that it probably will end up being sort of anticlimactic in that some of the people that you have as suspects are people that have been some of them have just recently been introduced as as people you know some of them are are people that like from way back that you've seen like once or something like that and uh, so I, I don't know I'm interested to see though how they tie it in what kind of story they give and uh, for who it ends up being and uh, and if they really are you know wrapping it up are they like you said are they wrapping it up in that he's still on the loose but now they know who it is and what he looks like or and and we all get to know who he looks like but they still have to deal with him or are they wrapping it up in that you know he's either going to die or get caught or you know, Patrick James finally going to prevail in this. Uh... Yeah, for for me, like I was fine with the Bradley Whitford. I thought we were we were done with it at that point, but then it magically came back. Like you said, they needed some reason not to have him arrested, so they invented like the, they had to keep this thing going. But um, like like you said, like if this person is just on the loose, I mean, every one of those suspects is like some like law enforcement person, so it's not like there's some low-profile person, people would know who this person is. The whole thing just seems like it's definitely gone on too long, uh, and they don't need it. Like, they can do these other stories, invent some new arc to keep things going along, and just end this Red John thing. Although, that said, I did like the season premiere, the way they started to investigate some of these people and are starting to eliminate some of these people. And it's not like they just investigate one person and then eliminate them in the in the episode. I think in this premiere, we saw them investigating a couple different people, and then one of them winds up dead at the end, or at least wounded. And then, um, so, I mean, they're definitely making it interesting. I hope they actually do. Like, I know they say they're going to end it, but who knows? What are they, how do we know it's not going to be another Bradley Whitford <laughs> where they suddenly pick someone else? Like, I'm still, I still like the, the thing that Carla brought up on this a while back and have Patrick suddenly be Red John. Oh, I've said that. that. I've that's, been saying that's, that all along. That's Keith. Uh, that uh, would be so awesome. That's but that's, that's Carla got Bruno that from Heller, Keith. Bruno, yeah, Bruno Heller says... No, that's like I'm telling you, it's not. But I could be lying. I'm not. I'm, I, you know, it's always possible I'm lying. But you know, it's not. It's not Patrick Jane. I've been saying that it is. That he doesn't know it. That it's like his second personality. That that he is Red John. But then people say like, well, they show him. He, he couldn't have made that kill. I'm like, well, he has people working for him. Yeah. I said he. That's like the following type of thing. He has like these cult yeah. people. I still. I don't know. I'm still like gonna hold on to that as like to me that would be like a, that would be so satisfying that would to me that would be more satisfying than any of these other people i know some people would absolutely hate that like no not this good guy yeah a lot of people say that but yeah. i would love that it could be the new dexter the, the better dexter <laughs> well i i say well 
don't look at it as him being a bad guy. He doesn't know it. I see. He's sick, so he has this like second. And they even say like when you hear his voice, when he's like, "Hello, Patrick," you know, it's. it's it, they say that it's um, what's the actor's name? Um, who plays Patrick Jane? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but it's his voice doing Red John's voice. Yeah. If they say, "Listen to it," it's him. Um, I, people used to think it was um, the guy who just got killed. And I uh, actually have emailed with him, and I said, I finally asked him, I said, was that your voice? And he said, no, it was not. He wouldn't tell me two seasons ago. I said, was that your voice? He said, I'm not, I'm not saying. And, and I asked him, now that he's been killed, he said, it's confirmed, I'm dead. Yeah. I said, uh, was that you? Can you tell me that now? He said, yeah, it wasn't me. So... Now, what did he whisper at the end of the episode? Did he say tiger or Tiger, something? tiger. It's part of the... Uh, the poem that had been recited before the tiger, tiger burning bright. Yeah. It was part of the thing that uh, Red John had said it to Patrick Jane when he had that blindfold on. Oh, um, but also, um, who's the guy who's in charge of CBI? The, uh, he he has been reciting the poems from that same guy. So it's like people go, "Whoa, wait a minute!" It's like he's reciting these. Um, his poems with the same from the same guy. It's like he, he's got to be Red John. I mean, he would make sense because he would know everything that's going on. He would like, be like the ultimate mold. I mean, he would know every case that they're on, everything that they're doing, and could go and 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 prevent them from doing whatever they're doing. But I mean, the whole idea in this premiere that they're going to put trackers on all these people when every single one of these person, people is like a law enforcement thing. You don't think they're going to know yeah. that there's some tracker on their cell phone? Because she doesn't, she can't just magically do this herself. She has to go through someone. What would you think if it was her? If she wound up being Red John? Because that, that's another people's thing if you want to theorize. What if it's like one of the main people? I, I don't see any of that. No, I don't. I, I wouldn't buy it. Um, but, I don't know. I The thing is, I write up about the show only when it's talking about Red John. Because <laughs> uh, no one, I mean, no one really, I mean, what do you write about the, the mystery of the week? It's it's tough. Um, for me, it is to yeah. say something every week. So, when it's Red John, I'm like, okay, let's talk about Red John, you know. And, um, but I think probably, they, it's an episode tonight, too. But I think they could introduce like a new arc if they're going to wrap up this Red John, uh, Red John stuff. Just introduce some new interesting arc that you can do from week to week and, and start some new interesting story. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to keep continuing this on for the entire series. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be a, that'll be interesting and something that apparently we're going to find out here relatively soon. In the you know, first half of the this season, and uh, with that, we'll move on to the last show on our list, which is uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, the, uh, the the second episode, uh, which is uh, it's really dark in the car. I lost my flashlight. Uh, 084. That's right. That's right. They were after the. The, the 084, uh, I did like the line of, uh, object know, of unknown origin. <laughs> yeah, object of unknown origin, but, you know, what what could it be? He goes, well, the last one was pretty cool. What was that? Oh, it was a hammer. 
clone, sort of. They said that, that I forget the name of it. If, if you said it, if you knew about Marvel. Yeah, um, I don't... Uh, have you heard about that? They think that he, he's, like, he's basically like a, an android with his personalities. And they seem to always say, you know, like, uh, they keep bringing up that he was in Tahiti, right? And he's like, yeah. it's magical. Yeah, it's, it's magical. magical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's been pretty good. I you know I like over the the course of the first two episodes they've kind of gone about you know the second episode was about sort of turning them into a team uh, so that going forward they you know they may work a little bit better you know, on their missions. Uh, you know they did give that little bit of a twist at the end of of was this all some sort of ruse to try and get into you know the inside of shield and it just happens that Coulson's special group is the is the is the place where she was able to get you know on the inside uh, but also is that going to play that you know you know sort of a storyline going forward that now that she is inside and gets and and sees what these things are Will she not be so adamant about some of the positions that she used to hold, and and uh, and so you know, there's some interesting story that could be told there. And uh, you know, I think they did the action sequences really well. Uh, it may be a little debatable about whether a, a raft would uh, <laughs> not also just get sucked out the side of the plane, but you know, it it still it still worked as an ending for. Uh, you know, to, to also get a joke in there of, you know, she actually read the safety manual for the plane. And, uh, I, I think they've, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. And it's just after two episodes, it's a show that I want to watch, like, that night. <laughs> I want to I see what's happening with it, the, you know, the night it airs, where... I may watch a lot of TV, but there's very few shows that I care to watch, you know, while they're, you know, almost live, you know, or actually watch them while they're airing, uh, and this one's become one of it, still partially because it has, you know, some potential, I think, uh, to now going forward to maybe start adding in, uh, some bigger maybe some bigger storylines to go along with the sort of adventure of the week uh, you know over the first part of the, the first season I, I think that could uh, that could be that could make the show a little more you know interesting uh, going forward but right now I'm uh, I've always liked a, you know a well done action TV show and you know action comedy is right up my alley that's like my you know that's that's why I like shows like, uh, you know, White Collar and Burn Notice is because they all have that sort of action comedy, you know, bent to them in, in places. And, uh, but, you know, you take that sort of and then drop it into a whole nother thing of, like, this world of superheroes that, you know, the, the, the whole world has found out about it with Avengers... I think that's a that's a fun that's a really fun and interesting world in which to play with an action series, uh, and you know, 
a lot they can do with, you know, even bringing in just small things out of the, you know, the Marvel comic book universe and stuff like that to, to continue to feed, like, the fan side of things. And, and uh, it's pretty interesting that they've used their, they've been, they pretty much used their two biggest, like, cameo-type people from the movies with uh, bringing Maria Hill and then Samuel Jackson <laughs> in uh, as as well in, in the second one that uh, the people that are left <laughs> out of the movie universe are all the big names you know, really not that Samuel L. Jackson isn't a big name but his character has always been more of a side character you know that shows up at the you know at the ends of movies and stuff, of a lot of the movies so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go and how long they can continue to advertise you know you need to watch all the way up until the last second <laughs> well, I think uh, what's, what's great is how they like they I don't know if it's ever been done before how they're doing this series that ties into the movies, like it uses stuff from the existing movies, they also have the potential to like tie into upcoming movies that we haven't seen yet and like then that could go back into the series it's it's almost like the whole Defiance and video game thing, how you got the two of them like intermixing and this is like a movie and a TV series that can go and intermix things together and I, I think it's just a really neat concept and it adds a whole new dimension to watching the, the show and adds an extra level for fans of the movie series that can then uh, enjoy a, all these extra little things in the show. Yeah, I think they they seem to be definitely going after that, uh, you know, trying to hit that magic sweet spot of creating a show that anybody can watch, but there's all these, like, Easter egg-type things in there. Uh, for fans of the movies and Marvel comic books and stuff like that that you don't need to know to enjoy the show. It just gives you something extra if you know about those things. And uh, and I think uh, if they continue to do that, they'll definitely uh, continue to have a hit on their hands. Even though uh, the ratings dropped from the first week to the second week and relatively significantly... The number I still haven't seen, though, was what the DVR numbers were for the second week. Because uh, they did a pretty strong DVR number uh, in the first week. But I wouldn't be surprised if the DVR number like went up a lot, even though the overall number went down for the, the actual rating on the night. Because it seems like it's the type of show that a lot of people would have tuned in and been interested to see the first one. Because, you know, it hadn't been out there other than, you know, it, no critics had seen it unless they were at TCA. And, uh, you know, they did show it at Comic-Con, but they had been keeping, a, you know, a lot of it under wraps. And uh, so I think there was the initial curiosity factor. But the, the average person that would probably watch that show, it would likely to record it and watch it at some point in time maybe not even on their TV on some other device or some such thing that was a little uh, frustrating to not see the screener and after they had shown it on comic cons and, and stuff it never showed up it was the one show that they didn't show have a screener up and I didn't understand why 
hashtag TV blogger problem. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I would be shocked. Even if this show ended up with Lucky 7 level ratings, I would be shocked if it doesn't get a full season at least. Because uh, it's like on ABC, which is owned by Disney. The whole movie series is owned by Disney. This is like a walking advertisement for your whole upcoming movie series. Like, this would really have to do some kind of astronomically bad ratings to not get a full season and continue. Well, yeah, well, it would have to continue to drop like 25% a week for the yeah. next to, to, to where, and, and then have no. You know, no DVR numbers to, to show for it, but uh, yeah, that was I, I never saw the the three day the live plus three day uh, DVR numbers to see what kind of uh, percentage rise and how many people uh, watched it uh, overall. Because, but overall, definitely interested to to, to keep up with it. Like I said. Uh, there's only there's only like two or three shows on right now that I you know if I'm home at the time that they're on I want to like I'll wait the 15 minutes to get the DVR <laughs> going ahead of time but I want to watch it right then and uh... alright well that'll do it for the uh, primetime segments and uh move on to the uh, last segment uh, TV on DVD picks for Tuesday uh, October 15th uh, my pick is uh, the IT crowd uh, apparently it's the complete series I didn't look to see exactly but I can't imagine that the complete series doesn't include the final episode that they finally uh, that episode has aired in the you know over in the UK so late September, so it, it has, it has played, it just hasn't played over here yet, but, uh, it's one of my favorite shows, definitely ranks towards the top of, of British comedies and stuff like that, of, uh, of stuff that I've seen, uh, when I first started watching it on Netflix, it was, I think I watched, not that there's a ton of episodes, but, I think I watched all of the four seasons or whatever over the course of, like, a week. And, like, any time I had spare time, I, I, was, I was watching... If I had, like, 20 minutes, I was I was watching an episode of it going just from one to the next. But uh, the show's just, uh, you know, really funny. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth getting on uh, DVD or, you know, signing up for Netflix. And uh, since uh, all the... Well, at least all the, you know, the first four seasons, all the episodes are out there. What about you, Keith? Uh, so, IT Crowd had four seasons, is that what it was? I think so. I, I, I caught the first season, and, uh, was it half hour episodes? Yeah. yeah was, they just fly by at, you know, like 21 minutes a piece, though, on, like, Netflix. <laughs> you just, like, zip right through them. Yeah, I think I saw the first three seasons. The fourth season, I thought, changed a bit. Didn't they bring the boss in more in that last season? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it it definitely has that British thing of where a lot changes between one season to the next because they the way they film things, you know, they 
they finally get everybody back together and there's you know relatively large gaps between the you know the seasons and stuff but uh I don't know I just really liked it and Keith, I think you mentioned uh, that Arrested Development, the original series, has been is being like re-released or being put back out on DVD. Well, they, I don't think they ever had a complete like a like, uh, like a complete package. set. Yeah, set. they like, they did the three seasons, but they didn't have like a yeah like a complete set package. Right, so they're releasing that on that that week, and uh, basically, I just picked that because I had to pick something. <laughs> because the rest <laughs> you guys of the other two. Yeah, and it's Arrested Development. <laughs> So, uh, I think that people who are interested in picking it up would, you know, from now on, would pick up that set instead of picking up the individual seasons. So, um, but it'll be interesting uh, if they'll, like, uh, it's kind of odd, actually, that they didn't just go ahead and throw the fourth season on there uh, as well. Uh, I mean, is it uh, because it's a different network, a different deal, that they couldn't wouldn't be able to do something like that. Yeah, yeah maybe it's know. not Fox Home Entertainment or something. Maybe or whoever. I think it's Fox. But, uh, or maybe because they want to put out. This is the complete original series. Maybe they want to put out at some point in time the complete complete series. Like once they after they've done you know a few seasons of whatever they're going to do on for Netflix. Well, House of Cards. I know that Blu-ray when that came out, it was branded like Netflix series, and maybe they don't want to. Maybe they can't probably put that on the first three seasons, but they want to brand it as, like, a Netflix series for whatever the fourth season is. Yeah. Or time it so that comes out, whatever, if they're going to do some movie or some other thing, time it like that. I almost wondered if Netflix would pull something like, yeah, we're never going to put these out on DVD. You have to just... You have to I thought Netflix. they were going to do that, too. But I'm glad, because I, I liked that I could get a Blu-ray of House of Cards and watch it that way and not have to use Netflix streaming to see it. And Kyle, your uh, your pick was uh, sort of appropriate for given where we had been. Yeah, I felt it uh, I felt it fitting that I go with Defiant Season 1 since that was last year's sci-fi set visit. Um, I, I really enjoyed the first season. I mean, it started off a little procedurally at the beginning, um, but then it got really interesting and had some arcs to it uh, by the end and set up some mysteries at the end. And at, at, uh, at the sci-fi uh, dinner that we had yesterday, it was, um, they like all these people were saying that season two blows season one out of the water, so definitely worth catching up on season one uh, before the upcoming season two, which I'm not sure when it starts, but it sounds like that's yeah, going to be amazing. So. I was telling uh, I was telling somebody today at the at the set visit that mentioned that they had like stopped at like episode five, and I was like, yeah, that's, it's just past there where it started to actually get really good. <laughs> you should probably go back and, and uh, you know, it, it's worth taking a look at because... Like, like you said, Kyle, there was some little, like, the procedural murder mysteries in, like, episode two or three or something like that, and you were like, wait, this is a giant, expensive, produced sci-fi world with all these aliens, and, and we're hunting, we're, we're basically doing an episode of Law and Order yeah. <laughs> here in this, you know, this fanciful world. 
but they finally did get around to getting to more of the you know the various cultures between the different alien races and stuff like that and uh, and getting into some of the bigger story elements as this the show had the game tie-in yeah did you play it I never played the game. I, I have way too much TV to watch to, to play the game. How about you, Jason? Did you have no, I'm not much of a I'm not much of a gamer. I am uh, interested in the idea. I like the whole concept of of tying something together like that, where a character in the game can show up in the show and vice versa, uh, and uh, and that you could have things happen in the show that when a season ends those events become part of the game world and uh, and I, I think those, those things are and that you can continue to tell story in the game world but yet you do them both in such a way that they become additive where if you're a gamer and you start watching the show it's you know it's a bonus you don't have to do both uh, or you know, if you're a, if you're a fan, you can be a fan of the show, and it, it, it can be a good show without you having to play the game. Uh, so you know, I just I just really like the concept, like you know, kind of like Kyle mentioned earlier, of tying a, with Agents of Shield, of tying something a TV show into something larger, and uh, you know, taking some elements that you've seen before, but you know, doing something new with those elements. I'm always, uh, I'm always up for that uh, in my TV shows. I know Ivy played the game. He said it was a little too time-consuming or something. I think he said, <laughs> uh, but he thought it was kind of neat about the tie-ins. They were subtle, though. They weren't like they weren't hugely impacting in the game. And like you said, you could play it or not, or not. Or you, you didn't have to watch the show. Even you could just play the game if you wanted. So it wasn't like. A, one required the other. Yeah, well, I think they they probably it's something they'll probably look to do more of as the, you know as they continue on as however long the series goes and and get better at being able to tie things into the to the game or having a little more cross. I mean, there was even talk of maybe in future parts that you could you could develop a character in the game that could, like, win its way onto the show? They actually already did that. Um, I guess they had some contests, and then in one scene in, in an episode in season one, you see, like, a wanted poster yeah. with that person's yeah, uh, character on it. Yeah, so th- those type of things uh, could be, you know, an interesting extra element to, you know, to entertain both types of, uh, you know, fans. But I think uh, that'll do it for episode 199 as uh, we're still here uh, cruising down. We still have another two-hour drive. We can just <laughs> cruise down the road here. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, the next episode is our 200th. Uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and uh, we're going to uh, answer your questions, uh, you know, play your uh, voicemails if you uh, send them in. And... Uh, you know, talk about whatever topics you'd like us to cover. And uh, so, uh, you know, let us know over the next uh, week or so, and we'll add those into the list of things we'll talk about. And uh, as always, you can find the links to the DVDs and the news stories we talked about 
as well as where you can find uh, Keith and Kyle online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 199. Uh, those uh, DVD links are uh, Amazon affiliate links, which means we make a, we get a small percentage if you use our links to buy the DVDs, which helps uh, for things like hosting and things like that for uh, the podcast. And uh, as I mentioned, we'd love to hear from you about anything we talked about this week. Or, uh, like I said, things about the 200th episode. Uh, drop us a line at uh, feedback at tvtimes3.com or uh, leave a note in the show comment or in the comment section of the show notes. Uh, and uh, we'll close the show with uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Streets Bankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And I can't wait to listen to this to find out what is <laughs> what this like hour and a half sounds like uh, with the driving down the road in the car. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of. Bre-